This is GabNet, the great American broadcast network. Talk radio like you've never heard it before. Welcome into a Thursday night edition of the Exchange. It's Rob Alfano. A little bit distracted tonight because I was trying to watch the Yankee game for Jeter's last night. I need your help to stay or get back in the game. Let's put it that way. We'll open up Skype in a little while. Gabnet Live is the number. You call us and let's talk, okay? Well, hello and welcome in. Welcome in. It's a Thursday night. And uh, yeah, it's the first night I'm really doing this program completely distracted. If I had thought about it sooner, I would have maybe asked, uh, maybe Albert, if he'd have filled in tonight. Trying to watch the Yankee game. uh, You know, it's Derek Cheater's last night in pinstripes. Uh, In the uniform pinstripes, there's three three games left, but they're all on the road. Um, And... um, the tie score in the fifth inning, the last I checked, I got up here about 10 minutes ago. And um, man, Jeter hit a double his first time up. So he's doing really well. And uh, yeah, I'm a little bit distracted tonight. And so I need your assistance. I'm opening up Skype. I need some help to distract me from my distraction downstairs on the big screen television down there. You can't even watch it or listen to it up here on another monitor because it just doesn't work. But um uh, Skype is open. GabNet Live is how you connect to us. Just type in GabNet Live. You can go to GabNet.net and uh, click the call button right there and uh, call in and talk to us that way. Or if you don't want to do it on a computer and you're just sitting there with your telephone next to you, you can call us at 347-352-0079. That is our phone number to call. Don't forget, at 10 p.m. tonight, Alex Bennett will be here. It's The Ramble at 10 from 10 until midnight and then at midnight eastern it's thursday night so we get geeky with miranda janelle uh that is what's the uh, the program lineup here on the great american broadcast here for this thursday night and um i'm just you and me right now waiting on the phones to ring um i don't want to get to any news yet i'm just uh uh The only news I want is just to talk about the Yankees right now, I'll be quite honest with you. But uh, um, there's a major uh, security flaw that uh, could affect Apple's Mac and and, uh, the Linux operating systems. Um, This is uh, Apple and and, uh, the the Linux operating system. You know, uh, the Mac is based on the Linux operating system, right? And there's a security uh, flaw in it that security experts claim to be more dangerous than the recent health bleed bug. The shell shock bug creates a vulnerability in what they call Bash, which is a software that controls uh, the command prompt on the computers running in the Unix uh, operating system. The uh, shell shock vulnerability could allow hackers to insert malicious pieces of code from a remote location and potentially take control of a computer, a server, or whatever. Um, this is a quote. The difference in significance between the heartbleed and this is that somebody could grab credentials of a user and do what they wanted. But in this case, if somebody uh, is vulnerable, it's potentially allowing someone to get full control of your system uh, in a victim system. Um, that was from David M., the senior uh, security research uh, researcher at Kas- uh, at Kaspersky, I guess Kaspersky Lab, um, the technical um, uh, tech publication uh, ran a test on Apple's latest OS, Maverick, and found that the vulnerability does exist in the Mac since the, uh, you know, it's based on the Linux operating system. So if you have a Mac, keep your eyes open for the uh, updates to get your Mac updated. And I know where I work, uh, everybody is scrambling around. All of the uh, all the security folks are scrambling around and uh, trying to figure out um, how they're going to uh 
how they're going to patch this. And there is a patch out there, but you have to get to all these systems and it's not as simple as uh, just, you know, if you have your own, um, you know, your own computer you're trying to patch. So, uh, by the way, tonight, or rather tomorrow night, is our new game. It's called The Exam. It'll be on at 9 p.m. Eastern. It is our trivia game. We're calling it Exam. And, um, you know, I've got uh, nine new categories, all new questions. And uh, if nobody calls in like tonight, well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. There will be no game. So we can't play it without contestants. We need people to call. So, And we need people to call tonight as well. This is the first time that uh, no one is picking up the phone to give us a call this evening. Uh, let me tell you again, it's GabNet Live or 347-352-0079 here on the Great American Broadcast Network. Well, President Obama announced a series of executive actions to fight climate change this past week during a speech to the United Nations Climate Summit when he was in New York City. Obama claimed all federal agencies uh, to begin factoring climate resilience into all of their internal development programs and investments. The action is expected to complement efforts by the federal government to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, according to the White House. Obama is also expected to release climate monitoring data used by the federal government to develop nations. Uh, to developing nations. NOAA will also begin developing extreme weather risk outlooks for as long as 30 days in advance to help local communities to prepare for damaging weather and prevent loss of life and property, uh, partnering with private companies to monitor and predict climate change. You know, the, the weather, the weather, every time you go to weather.com, it's almost like it's the end of the world. It's uh, <laughs> There's never any good news. We've had such beautiful weather here in the Northeast. Today was the first day where it was gray and um, I don't, you know, I didn't go out today, so I don't even know if there was rain out there, but I know it threatened for most of the day. But when you go to weather.com, it's about every natural disaster the weather can cause. And so I rarely go there just to f- except maybe to find out what the temperature is. Anyway, um... In the information age, nothing you say is ever forgotten. <laughs> uh, could you imagine being in the press? You know, there's a, a video out there right now uh, that's uh, ABC. There's a guy from ABC News who um, has it up on his Facebook page, ABC News with Adam Meyer or something like that. I don't know his name, but um, it's a three second piece of video with uh, President Obama walking off of a copter and he's got a coffee mug in his hand and uh, he's he's saluting. He looks like he's uh, like just distracted. Let's put it that way. And he and, and, the, and the, the Marines that are standing there as he's getting off the plane or the, or the copter, he he he, uh, you know, he uh, salutes them, but he's got the cup of coffee in his hand and everybody is all up in arms. Oh, he's a, he's, a, you know, calling them all kinds of names. And, you know, <laughs> he's the president of the United States. How many things do you think this man has on his mind? And if you have to look good and always be perfect when you constantly have a camera on you every I'd like anybody to deal with that kind of scrutiny. When you have a camera on you, every time you, you take a footstep, there's a camera on you. And so all these people are saying, oh, he's, you know, he's uh, this, he's that. Everybody's, uh, you know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's, uh, I can't think of some of the adjectives that people uh, have been using to describe him, but it just makes me angry because, I mean, give the guy a break. And where is it that a news company, the, the, the video I saw on, on uh, Facebook was put there. Um, it was actually uh, shared off of an ABC News uh, uh, Facebook page. Where, where is it that a, a, a reliable, real, credible, supposedly news organization puts up a three-second piece of video and tells a story with it? I mean, really? Is that how we're doing things today in journalism? It just doesn't make any sense to me, uh, you know, to think about the great journalists in the in the days gone by who tell a story. You think they would tell a story with three seconds of video and nothing around it? What was on his particular mind? 
when he was getting off that copter at that moment that he didn't stop the salute with the because he had the coffee cup in his hand. Maybe he had the coffee cup in his hand because he'd been up all night. Who knows? Just uh it's aggravating. And and and, and that continue and then again, that's not nothing to do with Republican or Democrat or any president. If you're gonna take a, a couple of seconds of video and just, you know, you're going to you're going to you're going to post that and then someone is going to make a comment on it, whether it's whether it's George Bush or whether it's Barack Obama or anybody. I mean, just imagine that with President Kennedy, with President Johnson back in the day, if you could just take a couple of seconds of video and uh, and 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 just make a story about it and let everybody judge on it. Actually not make a story about it, but just post it and let everybody just make their own caption this yourself kind of thing. And it just, uh, it, it just, it irks me because it's not journalism. It's bad enough when, when, when we do it as uh, people who aren't journalists do it. But when you have the journalists doing it, uh, the places I've worked who did that kind of, you know, when I worked in news, that would be, uh, you know, a punishable offense. It just, it's not journalism. And on that same note, this information age, nothing you say is ever forgotten. In a speech that Obama gave back on July 21st, 20, uh, 2009, Obama dismissed the F-22 fighter jets used during this past Monday's airstrikes against terrorist targets in Syria as outdated and unnecessary. He went on to say that uh, we were wasting billions of taxpayer dollars on them and unnecessarily defense programs and unnecessary defense programs to keep the nation secure. Then he went on, um, even went on as far as asking officials at uh, the Elmendorf Air Force Base to remove an F-22 from the hangar where he had been speaking before giving a speech there um, in November of 2009, according to uh, foreign policy. So, you know, you, you, you really in a bad place when you're um, when you're um, the president of the United States and everything you say is being recorded and and uh, it all comes back to haunt you at some point, doesn't it? Still no calls here to GabNet. I think the, the name of the network is not SoloNet. It's GabNet. We need to gab together. We need to get the citizen panel rolling. Um, give me a call if you, if you can, I'd love to talk to you. 347-352-0079 or GabNet Live. And Jim Browning is calling. He's, it's a mercy call. I know it is. <laughs> no, no, I heard outdated and unnecessary and I, I thought that was my cue to call. <laughs> How are you tonight, Jim? I'm okay. This is uh, one. This is what you would call the worst. Your worst nightmare when you when you after being 30 years of a music jock playing records, and uh, you're here to fill an hour. Thank God it's not four. <laughs> Usually I do four or six hour shows, and and not to have anybody to call. I just I, I could just sit here and read. I got plenty of news stories to read, but I mean they're there to try to spark some discussion. It's not a newscast. So. It's a damn football game on. Yeah, there's the Giants and uh, the Redskins, and yeah. uh, and then there's the Yankee game, which yeah. uh, I don't know how many people are. I know I I, I came on the air August. saying I'm extremely. Uh, and this is a worst night not to have uh, any callers because I'm extremely distracted uh, because it's uh, it's I have my mind over there. I've been was was watching it up until about uh, 15 minutes before air. And then I came up here and, you know, fired up the, the equipment to uh, to come on the air, and have a discussion. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Miranda participated last night on the uh, on the adventure night, but uh, uh, there was a part of her brain that was uh, uh, attuned to the Dodgers. Oh. Uh, at the same time, so well, it's the end no, of the season. Fine. It's the end of the that- season, and. You wacky sports people. You know, uh, I, I there's going to be one more time. You know, like maybe let's see. It's when I left uh, the game. It was uh, about twenty five, thirty minutes ago, and uh, it was the fifth inning. So what? Maybe one, possibly two more times. We're ever going to hear. So that's kind of where my. 
<laughs> my head's been, you know, and, and the other thing that's driving me crazy is I pay all this money for the baseball package. Uh, so I, you know, I've got it on my phone. I've got the, the, uh, the MLB app on my phone. I've got it. I, I can get it on my, um, I can get it on my PS3. I can get it on my computer. But because the Yankees are playing the Baltimore Orioles, which is the team in this market, I can't watch. I can't watch a team that I want to watch. I can't watch the broadcast I want to watch. I'm stuck watching the the Baltimore Orioles feed with the Baltimore Orioles announcers and um, not all that interested in what they have to say. So I find myself with the TV picture on and and the radio because they'll give you the radio, but they won't let you have the TV. Phil right. Myers joined us, and I think he must be because it says mobile here. He must be uh, in his car. Uh, yes, I am. I was uh, listening uh, a few minutes ago, and uh, you mentioned he didn't have any callers. So oh. I tried to figure out how to how to call in off my iPhone, and uh, <laughs> I dialed the number. Well, see, there you are. You're on with us. Congratulations, you made it on with your phone. You're calling the three four seven number, huh? Yes, I did. Cool. 347-352-0079. That, that's right. When I see it yeah. says Phil Meyer in mobile, yeah. I figure it's on a flying carpet. <laughs> I, I might be. I'm on a flying Toyota. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> on your way home? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's still the dinner hour on the West Coast. And here, and here, you know, I, I would, I, I almost think that it would be nice to do this show earlier instead of having to wait until 9 p.m., but then it would be really early on the West Coast and we'd really be uh, hurting for people, on the, at least on the West Coast, to call in. Yeah. I didn't hear, I usually hear from Rin. She'll tell me, hey, look, I'm not feeling well, I'm sleeping or whatever. She didn't contact, at least I didn't see it. I got to check Facebook. I don't normally see... Like I don't normally stay logged into Facebook uh, when I'm when I'm here when I'm on the air because it distracts me. I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> but uh, you know, I tuned in a little earlier, and uh, you know, uh, you hadn't had any callers at that moment, and uh, so I said, no, no, I got to call. <laughs> well, that's really appreciated because uh, you know you start to schwitz a little bit, as they say in Italian. Oh, yeah. I I understand that lingo. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I could just go through all my stories and it'll be 923. And and I've done a 20 minute newscast. This is is what I figured. I I was going to, I was phoning in because I thought, okay, there's nobody else there at the moment. It's just us. Rob can slip me all the answers for the exam. For tomorrow, <laughs> and then, you know we can we can we can have our 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 own sort of uh, 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 game show. Uh, uh, I've got all the. I'm, st- I'm staring at all nine yeah. categories right now. Oh, yeah. uh, staring at all nine of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's it? Okay. Uh, any hints as to what the categories are going to be? Oh, I can tell you what the categories are. There's no secret there. The categories will be famous cities of the world. Okay. Name that author. Ernest Hemingway. Uh, famous <laughs> Tonys. And that could be Anthony, Antonio, Tony, Tony and Tina. Uh, <laughs> famous Tonys. Um, and then we're, we're going to do a music category, Disco Fever. Oh. Uh, Thir- the Thirteen Colonies, which is all about American early American history. Jim will be good yeah. at that. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, all time NFL greats for a sports category because we uh, all time NFL greats because we did a baseball okay. category last week. Uh, Bible trivia. Uh, I'm not too strong on that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> but I thought it'd be fun. American TV shows, in which is. Oh, yeah. Which um, um, we should. It, it looks kind of easy to me. And then the last category: women of cartoons and comics. Oh, that would be cool. Women of cartoons and comics. So that's the. Those are the categories for the exam tomorrow night. I. I. Uh, I uh, I'm. I'm ready. 
We're going to change that. I mentioned it last night. We're going to. I'm going to update the rules. I'm going to. Uh, there'll be no more true I, or I false. I'll get all the true and false questions. No more true or false. We're getting rid of true or false. And I am going to subtract a point when you get a wrong answer. And I found a fi- I figured out, because the problem was just doing the math when you're trying to answer yeah. questions and keep the show moving and do everything and keeping score. So what I decided to do is there'll be two scoreboards for everybody. You get a right answer, it'll go in the top It'll it'll go in the top scoreboard. You give a wrong answer, a, a one will go in the bottom scoreboard, and then it's just the simple mathematics at the end, which will be, won't be too hard to, to do. As a Opposed to trying to plus minus plus minus. At least yeah. I think. Hey Phil, are you driving with your head out the window? Uh, no, but I have a uh, Toyota uh, FJ Cruiser, and uh, it's not the most airtight thing in the world. The windows <laughs> are closed, and the uh, uh, you have to drive hands free in California. You have to drive hands free. Uh, How? What do you use your knees? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it means I can't hold the phone to my ear. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're joined by Damien, who's joined us this uh, this evening. How are you tonight, Damien? I am very good. How are you? Oh, better now that there is some living, breathing individuals here on the Citizen Panel. I was totally going to call in right at 6. My best friend showed up at my door unannounced at 5.55. And at 6.15, I was like, dude, I hate to cut you off, but this was seriously what I was going to do right now. So if you want to join me, let's do it. But otherwise, you know, um, I got to do my thing here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You calling in? Are you going to? Uh, did you hear the categories for the game tomorrow night? Are you going to participate? Well, I'm going to try and participate, but I did hear the categories, and I have to say that I don't think I'm going to be good at any of them. <laughs> I didn't do '80s music this week. the The, the disco music is mostly '70s um, because. Well, the- and last last week you had uh, Seinfeld episodes, which Nicole would have just kicked butt at. Uh-huh. And then the astronomy one, which um, uh, uh, Charlie and I would have been competing about. Oh, see um, that? Yeah. yeah. So you had a bunch of stuff last week that I totally would have answered, and uh, Nicole and I, Nicole and uh, and or I would have kicked butt. <laughs> well, there you um, go. See, you never know. Those categories you just said, mm, I don't know. I guess it depends on the questions because you know I'm not very good at sports figures either, but some of the things that you or, or, you know, I'm not very good at sports teams, but some of the questions you asked last week, I actually had the answer to. Yeah. yeah. So you never know. Yeah, I'm not a, I am not a football person at all. And I thought, NFL, you know, all-time NFL greats, I even know some of those. So I figured I'd give that a try. Can't always do a baseball well, category or, you know. I'm answering the questions. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you're not a sports fan, like myself, I'm not a big sports fan, but there are certain things you pick up just through osmosis, sort of just right. things that are in the back of your head that you have absolutely no need for. And then yeah. everyone like, uh, uh, comes up and you go, oh, I know who the heck that is. Yeah. Hey, Phil. Right. Can, I mean, like, I'm not a, a big sports fan, yeah. but I live in the Bay Area. And so I know the Giants and I know the 49ers. You know, I also know the Giants and Dodgers rivalry. Right. You know, right. I know a lot about our local sports, even though I'm not a sports fan. Phil, Phil did what I was going to ask him to do, which is to, if he's got something to say, he could open, uh, unmute his phone. Uh, this way we don't have to hear oh, the road oh, noise. Oh, uh, I did not mute it. I just turned the air conditioner off. Oh, well, that'll... <laughs> was that what was making the noise? Yeah, obviously, because yeah. it got nice and quiet. Oh, I also got off at my exit. Oh, so you're not on the high-speed road anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going into uh, the curvy road, uh, uh, the twenty mile an hour area. There you go. So, all right, because it was just a matter. I was going to say, can you mute your line and then uh, speak when you have something that you want to contribute? Uh, I was, unmuted. I was me. just thinking about that, uh, but uh, you know, it sounds like you've got a couple of participants there. Uh, I'll uh, uh, tune in in a, in a few minutes on a good microphone and with a quiet background and. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, it, you know, I I just didn't want to leave you to, uh, uh, you know, to, to just you and your microphone. I really yeah, appreciate that. I really appreciate that. You don't know how much. Thank you very much, Phil. We'll talk to you in a little while. Okay. All right. Take All right. care. Take care. Bye. Bye.
Okay. So, and we're, we're joined by Jason uh, McKinney. How are you tonight, Jason? Pretty good yourself. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay now. I'm doing okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and, uh, in about another 30 or so minutes and I'm going to watch the rest of the Yankee game on I can wait for it to end and then I can watch it they'll let me watch it on the way I want to watch it I can't watch it live on uh, the Yes Network because uh, because of restri- blackout restrictions but I'll wait till the game's over wait, wait till this program's over the game should be close to being over and then I'll go down and just thumb through it or you know because I've already seen most of it or half of it anyway but I'm doing okay um Anything, uh, anything, any of you'd like to bring up? I've got, uh, I, I, I've got plenty to talk about. I just uh, would rather give you guys a chance to, uh, to speak up if you have something that you'd like to bring up. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm just waiting to hear what you had to say. All right. Well, um, this is interesting. The Fox News of Liberia. <laughs> they, accuses, they're accusing the United States of inventing Ebola. Um, as, have you heard this? No, no, you haven't no. heard this. Uh, I, I call them the Fox News of Liberia, of course, as a joke. It's the it's the Liberian Daily Observer, um, which is the largest newspaper in Liberia. Just published an article on their front page with the headline "Ebola: AIDS Manufactured by Western Pharmaceuticals," and then comma USDOD question mark. Uh, the article accuses the United States of manufacturing the Ebola outbreak in a scheme to use Africa as a testing ground for bioweapons. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's just uh, that's an interesting uh, take on it. That's why I mean, that's so that's something Fox would do. Blaming the president for everything. Um from the article, sites around Africa and in West Africa have been, over the years, uh, been set up for testing emerging diseases, especially Ebola. The World Health Organization and several other UN oh. agencies have been implicated in selecting and enticing African countries to participate in testing events, promoting vaccinations, but pursuing various testing regimens. Uh, the the August 2nd, 2014 article, uh, West Africa, what is what are U.S. biological warf- warfare researchers doing in the Ebola zone uh, by a gentleman named John Rappaport of Global Research pinpoints the problem uh, that is facing African governments. Um, it's they think we, we, we uh, started Ebola. Just so we can uh, so we can test uh, bio warfare on them. I think that's uh, a little irresponsible journalism. Any- <laughs> uh, a, li- a little bit. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, I mean, you could talk about Fox. I don't think they're quite as irresponsible, maybe. I'm, I'm liking well, Fox. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm liking Fox a little bit now, you know, compared to compared to this. But uh, <laughs> well, you actually scared me there for a second because I actually thought for a second that Fox News actually had outlets in other countries and that they were pulling the same shit that they're doing here <laughs> in other countries. I was like, holy shit! I never even imagined that. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, you were uh, you were just joking. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, when I read the article, I was just the. I, it's how I every time you turn around though they're looking to blame everything on fox news is looking to blame everything on the president right this is it's the sort of the same kind of uh, mentality here i mean that's really going far to 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 blame the government the united states government for for ebola <laughs> but sounds more like it sounds more like the uh uh like the script pitch for the next die hard movie yeah or yeah yeah or 24 I mean, another Another uh, episode of Twenty Four or something. It just sounds ridiculous. I mean, it, well, I wonder do, do we do you guys actually believe that the CIA and the government used LSD experiments in the sixties? I mean, do you guys actually believe that that happened? Isn't that factual? Yeah, well, I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I thought it was factual. So if that's factual, then this sort of thing isn't too much of a stretch, it, you know. And then I, I don't go, believe it myself, but you know I'm saying that, that with the uh, what was it uh, was syphilis testing that they did too down south. Where was this? 
I think it was down south that the U.S. government tested syphilis on uh, African Americans. Who yeah, are still paying reparations. So it, you know, I guess really isn't too far fetched. So you mean they? I didn't hear about that. How long ago was that? Was that back in the '60s or the '50s? In the '40s, I never heard about that. So you're saying that uh, the, the U.S. government uh, on purpose gave African Americans syphilis. Yeah. So what they could test the cure? Be- what was the purpose? I, I think it was not to test the cure, but just to test what it does to people. Wow. Okay. I, I, I mean, this is, uh, I, I, you know, is it possible that the United States is involved in something like that? Anything is possible, but uh, it. Uh, Why are they sending the military? I sure wouldn't put it past them. Well, I mean, it's getting out of control over there, right? They don't want it spreading over here. I'm just saying that's probably and, and a point of view. And a lot yeah. of what you hear about what's going on there in these countries is that they're near they're nearing uh you know uh like civil wars because of the 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 conditions that they're in. And that that unrest would be a big issue, a big problem. So uh not only is it the disease itself but it's it's uh the countries themselves and the civil unrest and all the problems that they're having that would make it that much worse. So the government needs to. St- we need to go in there and do something about it. Now it would have been great if we had done something about it back in March, when three people had it. But you know, now we're gonna just throw a shit ton of money at it and 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 do something about it. Anyhow, um, I played some sound yesterday here of uh, ESPN analyst Bill Simmons, who had been suspended for three uh, three weeks once. Um, uh, no, he was. Uh, he had made some comments about uh, about Roger Goodell from the NFL, the commissioner of the NFL, and he basically said to uh, he went on the air and he said it's fucking bullshit is what he said, uh, you know, and he he called out the commissioner, and then after he called out the commissioner that strong, it's on a podcast, the, his bullshit podcast, I think it's called. He then basically said to his bosses at ESPN, and I dare you, I dare you to say something to me about it. Well, they did. They suspended him for three weeks. So he he finally got suspended again because he's been suspended before. The ESPN statement says every employee must be accountable to ESPN and those engaged in our editorial operations must also moderate with uh, ESPN's journalistic standards. Boy, there's a term, journalistic standards. Uh, we've worked hard to ensure that our recent NFL coverage has met that criteria. Bill Simmons did not meet those obligations in a recent podcast. And as a result, we have suspended him for three weeks. So sounds like for... he ran out of vacation time. <laughs> yeah, that could be. But I mean, he was begging them to do something. He's, he pretty much said it straight up. But isn't this another case of him saying something on his personal podcast and then being fired from his professional job, even though the two are not connected, or are the two connected? They are. To the Do two are connected. Wrong? The two are connected. I believe oh, okay. ESPN uh, subsidizes somehow or pays for that podcast. I think he gets paid to, to be on that okay. podcast. So, well, then, yeah, they kind of have a little right to say, you know, um, don't say that shit on our on our broadcast. Oh, and- you know, if you're going to say that stuff, don't mention our name. And there's a, an, another thing that you have to consider when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, the NFL and and the ESPN, and that is they've got a very long term relationship that they are only going to say so much about. They're not going to they're not going to come out against uh, the NFL like that. They're not going to shoot from the hip like that. If if it comes out that Roger Goodell has to go, well, then he'll go down. But I'm sure they don't want somebody on their network just slinging barbs at the NFL like that. So maybe if he had been talking about baseball or if he had been talking about basketball or hockey or another sport that they don't have the kind of money they have tied up in the NFL, maybe it would have been different. But um you know that that's a guess, but I, I think it's a it's a it's a pretty educated guess that you know uh, there's some there's some very big heavy ties between the bread and butter of the of the NFL and uh, and uh, ESPN, so I think there's a protection there. So he's yeah, going and down what for three he weeks. said was serious. I mean, it was not it was not fly uh, in a seat of the pants type thing. You know, I mean, what he said was a real kind of accusation. And, you know, if not true, is borderline slander. So, you know, I, I don't blame them for suspending him, 
you know, unless, of course, what he said was factual and they don't just they just don't know that. I don't think it is a, a way for any of us to know it uh, necessarily uh, to know for sure whether or not it was factual. You could you could believe it or not. But um, well, certain, you know, documents or, or recordings, you never know, might come to light that that prove that, you know, he actually knew this at the time and that the accusations that he made were correct and factual. Well, you can only go by what you hear from uh, the player. The player says he was up front and before the video showed up, he went to the Goodell. Rice went to Goodell and said, look, this is what happened. And he told him so. And then you have to think that the NFL would go, all right, where did it happen? It's in Vegas. There's probably video of it somewhere. Maybe we should see if we can get that video. Probably at some point somebody got a hold of it and they figured, you know what, we'll just bury this. We'll give them two games and it, it'll it'll go away. And it just didn't. So it was a miscalculation in my mind anyway, a miscalculation. So. But, um, you know, I, I still don't think the I, I still don't think there's any way to really hurt the National Football League. I mean, even though you have some you have some of the advertisers who are starting to bark a little bit. I just don't think that there's a in the end, they all realize that if they were to pull away, they're going to lose more than they're just, you know, they're cutting off their nose to spite their face They're They may stand up for something and it might be the right thing to do. But in the end, what is it going to do to their bottom line? You know, Budweiser yeah, and Heiser Bush and, and, and the NFL have a symbiotic relationship. They both need each other to survive. What would it be at the Super Bowl without the Bud Bowl? Right. Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, it's big business and that's, you know, what it boils down to. And, and all of it's just big business. Uh, more, uh, more, uh, there'll be more, some more children coming. Uh, you know, a few months back, we were talking about um, children from uh, Central America uh, entering this country and what we're going to do with them. Uh, while the U.S. government acknowledged that there's still a lot to do about the crisis, um they're saying that uh, there's going to be more children coming, um, between, uh, arriving at the border with Mexico. The situation in Central America hasn't changed, and we have some problems of insecurity and violence. The lack of uh, governability uh, continues, and jobs are still a problem, and there is no work for young people who are members of cartels or street gangs, said the director of the American program of the Center for Strategic and International Studies, Uh Though the entry of unaccompanied youngsters has declined in recent months following the massive arrivals that we had in May and June, that won't last long, Meacham said. He said that President Barack Obama's delay in easing immigration has sparked despair amongst families, which is why they prefer to pay for their kids to be brought up north, whatever the risks they run into. The president has not acted. Congress has not acted. Hmm. And the circumstances of the situation have not changed. There is no legislation to change uh, from the executive branch to eliminate the reasons why these children would come to the United States, Meacham says. By August 31st, the number of minors who have crossed the border unaccompanied was more than 66,000 in the fiscal year 2014, which began October 1st, 2013. So. Uh, we haven't talked about it in a while. You don't hear about it. Doesn't mean that the problem's going away. The problem is still there, and we're still doing nothing about it. Jason, you know, a lot of these kids they do actually have family in the United States, and you know, people are saying, you know, it's such a how dare these people send their kids off and blah 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 blah. It was just not too long ago you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, we were doing the same damn thing in the United States. Hey, I can't afford to keep you. I'm going to send you off to your aunt so-and-so's house so they can, you know, feed you because I can't afford it. You know, it's not too far off that we were doing the same damn thing. It's just we have these little made-up borders that we set up, and, you know, they mean the world now. Well, you mean you, you – go ahead, Dave. The, the, the first world is now – is what it's what you're talking about. You know, a hundred years ago, <clears throat> there was no such thing as first and third world. You know, now we all have these first world and first world problems. We all have our smartphones and our internet, and you know, it's easy to forget what our grandparents were living in. You know, yeah. Um, my but- grandparents were the Mexican immigrants coming to the country. You know, my grandma she was illegal. 
for a long time. My grandpa, his uh, parents were uh, border jumpers to have him over in the United States so he could be an American citizen. You know, and then when they actually lived in Mexico most of their lives, you know, uh, young lives, adolescents, you know, it wasn't until they were in their 20s and they came over here and they worked their way from the bottom up, you know, and that's the way that it really should be with immigration now. Bring over the people who want to be drywallers. Bring over the people who want to do the grunt work. Bring over the people who want to work the fields. You know, then let them be legal. Let them get a decent pay. Let their kids go to school. Let their kids get a little bit better of a job than what the parents had. And then let their kids get even better of a job than what they had and so on and so forth. Well, that, that sounds like a, a good way to go. But do we have the kind of uh, infrastructure that can support it? It, the infrastructure is built by these people. I mean, the more uh, the, these people are the infrastructure, the more of these people we have, the bigger of an infrastructure we have and the more successful our economy is going to be. Yeah, but they come I mean, here. I totally agree with Jason. Let's, you know, and I live in California, so it's kind of an issue here. You know, let them in, let them work the fields, let them, you know, do what they would like to do. Make them legal. You know, they're going to be productive members of society in in specific jobs that, you know, <clears throat> you and I are not going to want to do. I agree with you. Hi, Phil's back uh, on his uh, on his uh, real microphone now. Welcome yeah. back, Phil. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I agree with you with what you're saying, except once you make these people legal, you are not going to have the cheap labor anymore that you had when you were bringing them in in the first place, which is the reason why so many of them were brought over here. You weren't paying. You're not paying the insurance for them. You're not paying. You know, there's a lot of you know, we, the day laborers. What are they getting paid? But they would still of- come. They would still come if we if they were legal. You know, oh, I, we I would get have they to pay would. them more exactly, and so then what's the impetus for doing that? Just pay Americans more if that's but the case. You're not going to necessarily have Be- to pay them more because Americans don't want to do those jobs uh, for any amount of money. Uh, I yeah, think it's that's, a false that's economy. The real issue. It's a false economy to think that you're saving money when you hire a day laborer uh, because you're paying cash, you can't write it off. Uh, there, there's, there's a number of issues uh, that uh, take place when you hire someone that's not legal, and it's actually easier and, and cheaper to pay the money uh, and, and have a, a legitimate worker uh, than it is to uh, try to skirt the system. How do you know that turning around and supporting the economy themselves as a legal citizen? I completely agree. But I'm curious, Phil, uh, how do you know uh, that it's it's cheaper to do it? Have you looked at it from both? I mean, you run a business. You can get you can get day laborers to to install carpet and pay them, you know, cash. You must have been through the, the numbers on this to see. Yeah. uh, You know, when you have someone that's invested in their trade, that has the tools of the trade, that has a license, that has insurance, uh, that uh, uh, is a professional, uh, it can cost you thousands of dollars for the messes for the mess up that uh, you get from a day laborer that, uh, uh, you know, even uh, I'm in the floor covering business, but let's say they break somebody's water line, digging a ditch mm-hmm. uh, uh, or they get hurt. And then they say, well, gee, you know, I should have been covered under your workers' compensation. Uh, the, uh, the amount of liability that you're exposed to as a legitimate employer. Now, we're not talking about the guy that just says, hey, I got some rocks to move from point A to point B. I bring my truck over to Home Depot. I, I raise my hand. Four guys get in and they move the rocks. Uh, and they're still uh, out for a lot of liability. But the, the dollars and cents wise, uh, uh, you know, you pay a guy twelve, fifteen dollars an hour. Uh, how much more would it cost you to do it legitimately? Another $5 an hour, uh, $6 an hour, and uh, you don't have all that liability, plus you can write it off. Whereas when you got to pay a guy cash, you can't write it off from your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, t- you take it as income, so it's really a false economy. Yeah. Jason? I, I got to ask you, are you an employer or do you have subcontractors doing your carpet? I, uh, I'm both. Uh uh, the uh, I use uh, li- uh, licensed subcontractors whenever I can. Uh, it limits my liability. Uh, 
uh, because I have them have the workers' compensation. Workers' compensation cost in the state of California is so high, that and and the and the uh, uh, 1099 uh, licensed installer can exempt himself and the money that he makes. So it actually goes into his pocket, uh, and he's taking the risk, not me. Yeah, I, I just say I know a couple of people who they're carpenters. And you can't get a job with an employer. You have to be a subcontractor. And, and I'm I'm sorry, no offense against you. I just I, I really just think that's scummy. A lot of businesses are doing it now. They're not hiring employees. They're hiring can't, out for subcontractors. Can't be can't be uh, competitive. Uh, now the people that work in my showroom, uh, the people that work in my warehouse. Uh, are all employees? I, I'm an employee of the company. It's a corporation. And, I, also uh, to, I also just want to butt in and say, you know, um, the subcontractors generally are much higher quality work. You know, uh, hiring. I, I, as a graphic designer, I've done um, subcontracting work all over the place, and I have to say that subcontracting graphic designers, in particular, are almost always going to be better than an in-house graphic designer that you've trained or you've paid to have trained, you know, a, a, um, an actual subcontractor is a professional. They yeah, do, it's like they a hired do this gun. As, for, for um, um, their livelihood. Right. It's like a hired gun. Yeah. If I'm slow and I have a employee installer, uh, they'll collect unemployment uh, and uh, they'll, uh, they'll cost me there and they'll uh, also sometimes work on the side for other people while they're collecting the unemployment. Whereas with a subcontractor, I hire them when I need them. Uh, I, I, sh I show them what the job is. They decide to accept it or not and do the job and are responsible for giving me acceptable quality. But mm -hmm. most of the time, it's not that they accept the job or not. It's they're basically your employee. You tell them where to go, oh. what to do, when to do it. And oh, no, just, there's there's a list of 20. There's there's 20 criteria that they have to meet uh, to be a, in California to be a, a, a contractor and not an employee. Uh, and uh, I make sure that uh, that that list uh, is uh, is honored. Yeah, so if you had to if you had to infuse some of these illegals into that, let's just say uh, I don't. But I'm just saying if you had to and, and if if we're, what we were talking about before. Uh, you know, just let them in and make them all legal. How would oh. that, how would that, uh, they still, so that you wouldn't hire them anyway, is what you're saying. No, if they were legal, I'd hire them, but you're not, uh, you know, for certain tasks, uh, but oh, I would hire the them. I'd pay the tax. I would, uh, uh, you know, have them on my workers comp if they were performing, uh, a certain tasks. I, uh, if they were uh, good enough to where, uh, they had the qualifications to, to get a license, uh, and many of the uh, subcontractors that I have are of Spanish descent, Mexican descent, and uh, they have a license. They have workers' compensation insurance. Uh, they have liability insurance, and uh, for uh, and I'm I'm happy to hire them. Okay, I I just I don't know that um, that it, you is it, really you can't find Americans who want to do the kinds of like you can't find Americans who want to do carpet install. It's a backbreaking job. I did it. Uh, my father did it, but uh, and there's there's not as many coming through the system, at least in the West Coast, as there were in the East Coast. In and the so East yeah, Coast, they still yeah. do it over here. But where's here? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm Michigan. Oh, but you know, I I've, I haven't seen I haven't seen the minorities doing it yet. It's actually mainly white people doing the carpet installs. Most of the minorities, here, at least what I where I see from where my time on Long Island and and here is mostly outdoor work, gardening, gardening, and, uh, so forth. They stand yeah, on the but, corners uh, and they wait for the trucks to pick them up to you know clear out a garden or to take down a tree or you know do something like that. And they pay uh, him ten bucks an hour, and they give him lunch. I actually had a friend who who had a landscaping business years ago, well, maybe maybe ten years ago, and he said that he he they were great workers. He he said they would bust their ass, uh, you know, and they were all. They, if he told them to do it, they would just they would do it, and they would do it well because they wanted to be picked up again. Well, if you uh, look at a carpet installer who's doing piecework, and uh, most of my crews are of uh, Mexican uh, descent, uh, they make between 45 and $50 an hour. 
because uh, they get paid by the piece. They produce. They're making very good money. Wow. It's not uncommon for me to pay a guy on a two-week payroll. Uh, I, I've got one guy, I paid him $5,800 in uh, his last payroll, which was a two-week payroll. Wow. And, and, and you know, Can he's I Mexican. work for you, Phil? Uh, it's it's <laughs> Ball breaking work, let me tell you. <laughs> I, you should see the work I just did today. I, I busted down walls between units. I did actual construction demolition, and I mean, man, that was about back breaking work right there. And Come you're on just, down. You got a future in floor covering. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just on the clock, right? You're not. You're just. It doesn't matter what you, you could be. Uh, you can be uh, doing administrative work, or you could be knocking down walls. You get paid the same. Yep, because you're on a salary. So yeah, and it's you know this, here's the other thing is that um, Phil mentioned you can you can hire these guys and give them ten dollars an hour and lunch, and but it's ten dollars an hour under the table. It's actually ten dollars an hour. You know what I make? It's twelve dollars an hour, and you know what that is after taxes? Ten dollars an 10, hour. It's less than ten dollars an hour. It's something like nine eighty. Or yeah. something like that after taxes and after I've paid for you know my my you know benefits and all that kind of stuff, you know. But yeah, it's 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 less than ten dollars an hour actual take home cash. So I can see how you know ten dollars an hour actual take home cash, and they're going to feed you lunch. Wow, what a killer deal, man! Well, there's a difference. You get that apartment too. Well, yes, and and to be fair, uh, my friend Lewis and I, I calculated it out uh, yesterday, and the estimated value, with an estimated value for this apartment, this apartment by itself comes out to about seven fifty an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even though I only make twelve an hour, it actually kind of if you include the apartment, it's about nineteen fifty twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would love to have my mortgage paid, <laughs> but uh, Jason, you said you're uh, you're uh, Mexican. You're 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 Mexican descent. See, si. with a name like McKinney. See, si. wow! I would have thought Irish. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm uh, half Mexican, half Irish, so there ain't a designated driver on either side of my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Uh, so we just had uh, a family reunion this year, and uh, I made up T-shirts for me and my brother for uh, – it was a Castillo family reunion, but we're McKinney's, so I called us McSteos. <laughs> I always say I'm a mixin. I just saw a cartoon on Facebook tonight, and it was uh, an Irish – it, it poked fun at Irish, and, and let's see if I could quickly find it here. I probably, obviously, I guarantee I won't find it quickly, but it was something the effect of there's an Irish family sitting around the table, and uh, the little kid says to his mother and father and a, and, and a kid, a son, and he's sitting there, and they're having breakfast, and the, and the father says to him, or he says to his father, Dad, we're Irish? And he says, shut up and drink your whiskey. <laughs> yes, we'll shut up and drink your whiskey, or something the effect of that it was funny. But, yeah, I'm not going to find it. Anyhow, I don't want to get caught up in that. Hey, hey, before you go on, can I ask, Phil, real quick off-the-topic sure. Doug type of question? Go ahead. <laughs> sure. I, I heard you talking about uh, printing medians on uh, mediums or whatever on uh, metal. Yes. Is that something that you can actually, like, say me as just somebody I can go online and find somebody to have something printed on yeah, metal? Yeah, go to adoramapix.com A-D-O-M-O-R-A-P-I-X.com and uh, they're having a 30% off sale this week Uh, and you can actually get uh, your first one free when you uh, register in an 8x10 do they do like the the granule like where they kind of swish the swirl the metal around too do you know or Uh, it's aluminum Uh, it's like a, a eighth inch thick aluminum plate uh, and it's coated with the emulsion. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, there are other ones, higher end ones, and, and this one's not bad. I mean, uh, don't, it's not that it's not high end. It's uh, very competitively priced. Uh, the only thing you're going to be able to do cheaper is to go to Costco. Um, uh, but there are other, Aluma uh, uh, Art is, is another one, and uh, they'll make panels up to four foot by eight foot. Uh, aluminum panels and the look of a photograph on on aluminum is is spectacular. Yeah, I I bought something that was at uh, one of these little shops where they sell like concrete statues and stuff like that, and it was like a painting on a circular piece of metal, 
and it had all these swirls and stuff in, in the granule of the metal. It just reflects and catches the light really cool. Yeah, well, uh, you can get matte brushed, all sorts of things, but your your photograph is what's uh, what's applied to it. And, uh, and it's not actually a photograph. It, it's printed on the metal. Yeah. What, what, uh, are, what are you talking about? What kind of thing is this? Uh, it's a, uh, a just a medium that you can print on. Uh, some people print on canvas. Some people print on metal. Some people uh, print on paper. Yeah. And, and, of course, there's all sorts of different kinds of paper. But uh, so uh, I don't so know. So this I think is I was, a print on metal? Yes. Uh, al- aluminum. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm assuming it's. I'm assuming it's monochrome, right? I mean, no, no, like full color, full color. And what is yeah. the what? What is it? What kind of a look do you get? Where you know? Um, you get a uh, a very uh, more of a metallic look. So machinery and uh, uh, action, uh, the automobiles. So it's kind of chrome. like like a painting on this, like like paint on the side of a car. It, that's that's the kind of um, the yeah, kind but of, it's done photographically. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So and, you, uh, it really it's not an expensive. The light as you walk by. Yeah. It. Yeah. And you can get it matte. You can get it shiny. You can get it uh, with texture. Uh, there, there's all different finishes that uh, that they print on. And uh, you, they're, pr- they're, print- they're printing on, printing on, on uh, acrylic. Uh, and uh, it's, it's amazing uh, because not only do you have your photograph, it's the medium that you choose to display it on. Yeah, just like that. They print on that. Uh, it's the medium that you choose to display it on that makes the uh, uh, makes it unique. Hmm. You know, I mean, you can draw on paper. You can draw on canvas. You know? Yeah, that's true. Whatever you put it on is going to give it that look, right? Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah go to Adorama Picks or uh, Aluma Art. Uh, and, uh, and Aluma Art will send you about a half a dozen free samples and uh, of all the different kinds of finishes that they have, just when you go online, you can just ask for their free samples, and it's amazing stuff. Pretty cool. I think it's been something that's been out for a little while now. It's starting to gain in popularity. Oh, it's been out probably eight, ten years. Yeah, but I'm saying it's just now we're starting to gain in popularity, you know, for artwork mm-hmm. houses and stuff. Yeah. Were you talking about this yeah. on Alex's program last night? Is that how you, uh, how you heard yeah, about it, Jay- Jason? I don't remember how. But <laughs> yeah, we were. I, yeah, I think you were talking about different, you know, with Doug sending you the pictures. Oh, 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 oh yeah. right, right. Yeah, I've got uh, two Doug pictures, and uh, uh, he's, uh, you know, th- this could be good for him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, I'll hear from him tomorrow night on the game show. He was good at it last week, so hopefully, yeah. he'll, he's you know. a smart guy. Yeah, he's a smart guy. We're about you know, out of time. He- um, I wanted to remind everybody that we are going to uh, play the exam tomorrow night. I have nine new categories with all new questions, and we need love the new name too. Uh, what's that? What's that, Damien? I said I love the new name too. The exam got a yes. new theme song and everything for it. <laughs> it's going to all be a completely uh, different program tomorrow night. So the exchange I, is I, not I back wanna, until I Monday. Want, uh, another category. What's that? Uh, uh, carpet types. Of the 20th century. <laughs> so what happened? You know, I was, my brother went looking for carpet recently and it's been a long time since we went looking for carpet. I haven't looked in years. Yeah. When I bought my house, I didn't pay for carpet. It was part of the deal. You just go to this place and they show you that the areas you could pick from, but he went to sure. look carpet and they no longer sell it by the square yard. It's sold by the square foot. Yeah, in 2000, uh, Weights and Measures said that uh, uh, carpet should be sold the same way tile and wood and vinyl and so forth is, and that's by the square foot. Uh, And then they decided that the states could choose how they wanted to do it. In California, you could sell it either way. But uh, it's really a fair comparison because if you're buying wood, yeah, yeah, well, nine, Uh, there's nine square feet, square yard. So, but it's extre- uh, it got know, so expensive. Carpet got so expensive. Is it because they people? It's not the in thing so much right now. People are going with the natural wood floors. It's still it's still fifty percent of the house. But the thing is, it's made uh, from petroleum products. And what happened to gasoline in the last couple of years? Yeah, I it, guess did it double, triple. You know, yeah, that's true. 
Anyway, we are running late now at this point. I wanted to th- just to thank everybody for helping me out this evening. Phil, thank you for uh, calling from your car. I know that you. I was choking <laughs> there. Damien, thank you. Uh, J- uh, Jason, and uh, as well as uh, Revelstoke Jim, who called in, and I guess he uh, got disconnected. But uh, we will be back tomorrow night with the with the exam, and it's all new questions, and we do need the citizen panel in order to, for the game to happen, right? I can't ask the questions to myself because I have all the answers. I'll sound like the smartest guy in the room, but it doesn't make for a good game show. So please, let's get some calls tomorrow night on the Citizen Panel, all right? The exam tomorrow night at 9, right here on the Great American Broadcast Network. Alex Bennett and the Ramble is next, followed by Getting Geeky with Miranda Janelle at midnight Eastern. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks for joining me tonight. Have a good one. 